We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Is that present tense or past tense? Here again you have another scripture. That's about five scriptures now that links healing and forgiveness of sins all together because it was the same suffering that suffered them all. We could say it was in the atonement, but atonement is an Old Testament word. The New Testament word is redemption, remitted, done away with, remove the handwriting from the note. If you went down to the bank to pay a note, a mortgage, and the banker got it out and said, well, there's no handwriting on this note. You don't owe anything. There's no signature on this note. Whoo, glory. <laughs> Jesus renewed the handwriting from the note. But deliverance from sickness and disease and from iniquities was the same suffering that delivered us from them. It was a threefold curse upon the earth. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. We know he was made a curse for us. Now, see, under the old covenant, when they did away with the law, they wrote it, a sign, and nailed it to a post. That's what he's talking about. Nailed it to the cross. Jesus did away with the curse of the law. So sickness, what is sickness? Death started in the body, and if you don't get rid of it, it will kill you. Yeah. I mean, some sickness is with. Yeah. It's really death started in the body. So he redeemed us from the curse, poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. We redeemed from it. The thing that redeemed us was the suffering of Jesus. It's already accomplished. There's nothing else to be done. It's a finished work at Calvary. Now, you see in the scriptures then that Jesus went about and he preached the sermon. In fact, he told Brother Hagin, he appeared to Brother Hagin several times, and one time he talked to him for an hour and a half. He told him, he said, I preached this sermon almost everywhere I preached. And he said, if they'd believe in that anointing, then that anointing would flow into them and heal their bodies. Now, see, we get a wrong mentality sometimes by not studying the scriptures more closely. See, the woman with the issue of blood said, when I touch his clothes, I'll be restored to health. There's not one scripture that said Jesus' clothes was anointed with the Holy Ghost healing power. Not one. But yet, there was a scripture. See, her faith came from the word of God and the covenant of God. That's the way we know it's real faith. Because God told him in the book of Numbers, sew a fringe around the border of the garment to represent the covenant of God. That was her point of contact. When I touch his clothes, she's going to touch the border of his garment. Now, why did she slip up behind Jesus? Because Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, is the man that can have her stoned to death for doing what she's doing in public. It's unlawful for her to be in public in her condition. She can be stoned to death for it. They can pass a death sentence upon her. So she said, I'll slip up behind him, get in the healing. So she slipped up behind Jesus, touched his garment. The power of God flowed out of him. He didn't even know she's there until he felt the anointing go out of him. He said, who touched my clothes? 
And the disciples said, Well, Lord, you say, who touched you by a multitude throngs you. Thousands of people probably brushed up against him. Some people touched him just to see if any sparks would fly. <laughs> Nothing happened to them. But see, when the faith made a demand on the anointing of God, Amen. it flowed out of him into her. See, we've had a wrong mentality of the healing power of God. We've got to talk God into it. No, it's already accomplished. We've got to do something. All we need to do is get it settled that it is the will of God and it takes faith to draw the anointing. Now somebody said, yeah, but you see, everybody Jesus touched got healed, but they didn't. Go with me to the sixth chapter of Mark. Out of 12 of what we call miracles of healing that was wrought in Jesus' ministry, about three-fourths of those, Jesus either said or indicated it was their faith that made them whole. We don't have time to go into the scripture. We'll not take time to go into it. But it was the people's faith that drew the anointing out of Jesus. He was anointed, but it was their faith that made a demand on the provision. Now, see, we get criticized in the faith movement. Why, you're just demanding of God. No, we're demanding of the provision that he made. That's right, man. Yes. It's a covenant between God and Jesus for us, and we enter into it. The only way you enter into the grace of God is through faith. And see, if you try to be good enough to receive your healing, you're under the curse of the law. That's what the Apostle Paul says. If you're under the works of the law, you're under the curse. So if you're trying to merit favor with God, you're under the curse. That will not draw healing. We come wanting mercy and grace. How do you enter into grace? Through faith. By grace are you saved through faith, you see. And the Apostle Paul makes a statement in Romans, the fifth chapter. It says, by faith we have access into the grace wherein you stand. That's the only way you have access into the grace of God. Grace of God is God's willingness to use His power and His ability on your behalf even though you don't deserve it. So forget about deserving it. You don't want what you deserve. You want mercy and grace. And that comes by faith. Believing. Sixth chapter. And he went from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in their synagogues, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things, and what wisdom of this is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Now see, they knew some things that happened by the laying on of hands. How did they know these works were wrought by his hands? Because he preached to them right there what had happened by the laying on of hands, how people were healed. How are these things wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Hosea and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters with us? And they were offended at him. It's strange what people think about people that are anointed. Why, he, he's just a regular guy. He couldn't be anointed. I taught Sunday school class several years ago in my hometown there in the church. And one of the boys in my son's school class, I flew in out to the airport one day, and I got out of the airplane. He said, I didn't know preachers could fly airplanes. <laughs> you know, may I be like they're some kind of strange duck. <laughs> well, in my own hometown. You know, I can minister to the sick by the laying on of hands. The Lord dealt with me in 1973. He didn't appear to me. I didn't have a vision, but he spoke to me very indelibly and said, I've anointed you for the ministry, the laying on of hands. And he said, if you'll tell people and they'll believe in that anointing when hands are laid upon them, that anointing will flow into them and affect a healing and a cure in them, drive out sickness and disease. Some of them be healed instantly and others over a period of time. 
But you see, in my own hometown, people say, why, he couldn't be anointed. I saw him driving a tractor the other day. <laughs> You've got to be some kind of strange guy to be anointed. Well, you see, they don't receive anything. They have to believe in the anointing, not in me, in the anointing. But now, here, you see, Jesus, they could have gotten their barn roof fixed, but they couldn't get healed. Now, notice what it says. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick folks. The Greek says sickly, wasn't much wrong with them, and healed them. One translation says he tried to, but he couldn't. The Son of God, anointed with the Holy Ghost and healing power. So what does this tell us? This tells us that when people didn't believe in the anointing, that anointing didn't flow. You could climb up here on a ladder and take one of those hot wires. And if you're standing on a, or had that ladder on a rubber mat, you could grab that hot wire in your hand and say, oh, there's no power here. It's not going to flow. You're insulated. Unbelief will insulate you to the power of God. But if you don't think there's any power there, just have somebody to hand you the microphone in the other hand. Your eyeballs will light up. <laughs> there is power there, but until contact is made to ground it, it won't flow. But when the faith connection is made, it begins to flow. The anointing began to flow. And, and he could there do no mighty works, save he laid his hands on a few sickly folks and healed them. And he marveled because of the unbelief went about the village teaching. Now notice, he ministered by the laying on of hands. I'm convinced you can get more people healed by the laying on of hands than any other way, especially when faith is low or when people don't understand how to get healing by the Word of God. The centurion said, speak the Word only. I've read of people that read it in the Word. By his stripes he were healed. Well, if I were healed, if that's past tense, I am healed. They just got up and walked off. Healed by the power of God. Why? They found it in the Word. They released their faith at the Word. And that anointing flowed into them. That's what the Apostle Paul is trying to get over to us in Romans chapter 10 when he said the word is nigh you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. It's just as close to you as getting it in your mouth and getting it in your heart. When it gets in you, then you'll live out the reality of it. So Jesus ministered by the laying on of hands. See, in the Old Testament, they pointed to the cross. There was healing in the covenant. But they pointed to the cross. Because Jesus is going to pay for it all at Calvary. So they're looking forward to the cross. And their iniquities, they just swept under the rug, so to speak. You could offer a sacrifice, but you couldn't get rid of the consciousness of sin. But thank God the blood of Jesus removes the very consciousness of sin. God bless you. We do appreciate the fact that you joined us for the broadcast today. And I trust you've been blessed as we've taught on making a demand on God's provision for healing. Now, all of this week, we have CD offer number 7124, single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, total of $11. Now, it's the CD that you've heard right here on the broadcast. It was done in a live seminar. Do you realize that you have to make a demand on what God has provided for you? You know, you have a bank account downtown. Have you noticed that you don't get any money unless you make a demand on it? But you know, there's so many people that think that if it's God's will for them to be healed, they'll just be healed. 
And they just kind of drift along and say, well, if it be the Lord's will. Well, if you were to say that about your bank account, if it was the Lord's will, they'd send me some money. Then you would suffer poverty and you'd probably starve because you could starve and have thousands of dollars in the bank and not have any groceries. You have to make a demand on it. It's the same way with the healing promises in the Word of God. You have to make a demand on Him. You know, you could have faith and not be healed. That's very evident from the Scriptures. In the 14th chapter of Acts, verse 8, it says, There sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. But he wasn't healed. He's still a cripple. And Paul said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. The point I wanted to make is the fact that the man had faith to be healed. The Scripture says that he did. Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. But he had not acted on that faith, and he was not healed. So when Paul just hollered with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. He jumped up before he knew he couldn't do it. I mean, his carnal mind didn't have time to shut it down. You need this single CD for a total of $11. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.